Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, J.W. Crewall. J.W., how's it hanging today? Hey, it's going pretty well, Riley. Today was a pretty nice day for me. Dude, I gotta say, for the audio listeners, you're looking you're looking fresh today. Am I? Thank you. Yeah. Well, I just got I just got the haircut. I can see the haircut. A couple got of days a nice, ago, nice my... sweatshirt on. You know. Yeah, got the yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm looking really comfy and really cozy and definitely very fresh. Yeah, so fresh. So how's it how's it been going, man? You said it's going well. Yeah, it's been good. Today was nice. Got uh, another youtube video out uh doing some more i i posted another tiktok another tiktok fun. yeah i got some coding work done um I, I was i think i talked about this last week but i've certainly talked about it on the stream where it's like now i'm getting into the stuff where it's like a little bit too hard for me to do <laughs> on my own yeah and I, I don't really understand the material because it's like free material and they don't really explain it like a ton. You know, they'll give like a, yeah. uh, you know, lesson one is like, okay, here are the basics. And then like lesson two is like, okay, build this module. And it's like, oh, there's no like in between kind of tiered um, step there. But it's been it's been really fun to to learn stuff. And then I've done some practicing and read making. So it's definitely a full day. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I personally you? think what's, coding's really what's fun. What's going on? So I think it's Oh yeah, you like coding. Right. Right. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think that I'm starting to see some of the differences in the languages kind of be more apparent. And it's like there are some syntax things that I just yeah. don't quite get in JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are some there are some you know, semicolons that go in weird places that I don't understand when they're, you know, around, uh, what are the curly brackets? What do you call those? I, I call them curly brackets. I don't know okay. what they're called. <laughs> There's like one expression where you have a curly bracket and then you put a semicolon, but it only happens like one time. And then there are other, there's this one other function that I learned today that was weird because you capitalize the first letter. Uh-huh. And I was like, that that doesn't. As opposed to like other. the first letter being lowercase and the second one being uppercase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I don't know, just like weird things like that. I'm like, I'm really, you know, I, I'm probably reading way too deep into it. But those are the kinds of things that are confusing me right now. That's funny. The the programmers who listen to the podcast are cringing right now. For sure. I know. Yeah, for sure. They definitely are. <laughs> I mean, on my end, it's been it's been pretty smooth. You know, I'm working on a couple big projects at work, and those have been going really well. Um, I started playing Catan online with uh, my college friends this past the past couple of weeks, and um, it's been like a really good way to reconnect with um, actually even some of the folks that I mentioned just in the last episode. Uh, Are you guys playing Catan Universe? No, we're actually using Colonist.io, which is like uh... just a browser-based thing. Um, so it's like super convenient. Um, and I, I found out about it cause I got really into Catan YouTube <laughs> recently, uh, which like is like delighted. Yes. Are delighted. Delighted. Exactly. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, and Trikosaurus as well. Okay. Um, who hosts like the King of Catan tournaments. And so uh-huh. I, I got really into that. And so now I have like all sorts of opinions about Catan that I didn't know I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a newfound appreciation for Catan after watching Delighted's videos. Like I, I used to think it was this Yeah, I used to think it was very... just an RNG fest. No, I didn't think it was all RNG fest, but I, I was like winning like very consistently every single game that I played. And I would just, and I kind of subconsciously knew like, okay, development cards are generally the way to go. And like, generally speaking, cities are really powerful. So yeah. I would always kind of go for that dev card city strat, which, um, you know, and then you play against, you know, or you watch Delighted's videos and he talks about all these different mechanics that go into, you know, where you place your initial road and things right. that I just hadn't thought about it, like going to ports early or not. Or yeah, where to exactly. Build and, well, for me, it was like my friends and I were similarly skilled. And so it, it always felt like it just came down to dice rolls, but like, and like mm-hmm. your initial placements, uh, whether they were good or not. But like, I feel like I've had a, a much deeper appreciation for like the nuance. I always knew that the initial placements was like really the, the most strategic part of Catan. And I still think that is uh, yep. like the case. Um, but I have such a deeper appreciation for like the different strategies you can pursue and like how you can build from a board. Um, you have like quite a bit of noise in your background right now. But... Oh, do I? Uh, I apologize. <laughs> no worries. It's actually stopped. So, um, 
Well, it could be some practicing that's occurring yeah. upstairs. Does it sound like a clarinet? Sounds like a clarinet, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, so, yeah, a newfound appreciation for Catan. I'm enjoying playing it a lot. I was kind of burnt out on the game a while ago, if you asked me like a year ago, but I have a much deeper respect for the game now. Um, yeah. And, you know, but I am also very excited for some upcoming events in the Pokeverse. Uh, we got Players Cup 2 really just on the horizon here. It's actually it's actually wild like how quickly it came up after the, the first yeah. one, or like the qualifier rather ended. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about how the meta has developed, because I, I feel like this meta just does not sit down and stay put. <laughs> That's right. That's very true. So very true. JW, you've you've been streaming a lot, you've been playing a lot of games. What have you noticed? has been shifting across the, the landscape of the meta in the last couple of weeks. Well, I'm going to make a kind of a bold statement. It's going to feel a little bit dirty to say, but I don't really feel like ADP is a massive threat. I don't no, feel I feel like the same. I actually feel the same. I think that it doesn't take a ton of good matchups uh, from the other decks that are being played, certainly it, it you know it, we we talk about it as being kind of this gatekeeper of the format in the sense that it it keeps out a lot of decks and it certainly does. Uh, but if you look at the other tier one decks, and I think of like um, a prime example is like the Eternatus matchup. I don't particularly think that that is a good matchup for ADP. It certainly is winnable, and that's one of the reasons that you might want to consider ADP. But um, you know it has all these winnable matchups, but not ones that are necessarily favorable for it, and so. I haven't really been liking ADP recently. Yeah, I've never really been super into playing ADP just because I don't really like how the deck feels. Um, yeah. And so I've I've been ramming ADP at the wall over the last couple days because I'm like, this deck is so good. Like, I have to give it its fair share. Um, I just, like, haven't liked how it's felt. And I've tried a couple different variations on lists, and it just feels like the meta is so warped around ADP. Um, like all the decks can hang with it, you know, like the, yeah, I never feel like super happy going into a matchup with ADP. I feel like, um, yeah, you know, you got people playing Mewtwo, you got Sandy Scorches, like getting a million energies turn one somehow. Um, you have all sorts of crazy shenanigans going on with like Eternatus, um, and you never know what's going to be in an Eternatus list. <laughs> and, you know, it just it feels like a mess and even matchups that feel like they should be good like excadrill yep. like i feel like i can lose that sometimes and sure. you know like i played against an excadrill the other day where um they hit a couple hammers in a row and like really oppressed my energy and then they got yeah. on like turn two or three they were doing the 180 attack with 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 the stadium allows them to oko my Sasha. <laughs> so, <laughs> and i'm like Wait a second. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Police. And so it's just been a yeah. mess. I don't know. I just have, and I think part of it is like my own personal bias. Like it's not a deck that I enjoy playing, but it's yeah, felt no, like I super mean, uncomfy. I, I really like ADP. I mean, I, I'll just come out and say it. Like that was a deck, um, I don't know, pre rotation that I just really enjoyed and I, I liked playing it and I thought it was um, the best deck. In the format and then now you know certainly it was like i think it it is a very good deck and but i just think i don't know for either for some reason the kind of the results are not showing themselves or i just the comfort level for me has absolutely tanked in the sense that i still think of course adp has the potential to win but i just don't think that that it's the like de facto like s tier deck in the format i think that there are a lot of other decks that can really compete and give ADP a run for the money. Like uh, Eternatus, again, has a favorable matchup against ADP. Something like Picaram can go pretty even from my testing results, uh, particularly if you can get a Hammer or a Yelgrunt on that first turn. Yeah. Um, and then you have things like Scorch, which I find is like a pretty even to unfavorable matchup for ADP. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just feel like ADP takes really close matchups across the board, which is certainly not a <laughs> bad thing inherently um, yeah 
but when I'm playing a deck like ADP, I feel like I want to have at least a one blowout somewhere, and I don't feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm getting that. Yeah, and even something like Blacephalon can get kind of sketchy. I mean, that should be a matchup that you win more often than not, but um, recently I've been, I don't know, whatever it's been, like there's something in the water for Blacephalon because that deck is just ruining pretty much anything I send it up against. You see, I I never have that experience with Blacephalon, but I always have that experience with Seni Scourge. Every single okay. Seni Scourge I play with has <laughs> turn one, Welder for two, with a Volcanian start, and it's like... Like, what do I even do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas if For I play sure. a Blacephalon, I always just, like, 6-0 them. <laughs> oh, yeah, they just dead draw and nothing happens. Yeah, and, and you just marnie them sailing. every turn. But every, t- every time I'm against the Seti Scores, this exact scenario happens. It's so crazy. That's really funny. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the rise of fire, because I've definitely seen that, too. Kind of this... Um, Blacephalon is being a little bit more popular. I've played it in, I played an online tournament a couple weeks ago in the PokeX um, regional and saw Blacephalon, saw two Blacephalon, I think, and they both like kind of creamed me. And then Scorch also just, that has been a deck I've been seeing a lot on the ladder too. Um, So what do you think about people choosing a fire deck, specifically those two? Um, I don't know that there would other be another one. Maybe like, like Mewtwo, or something. but Reshazard, sure, Braxard. Um, and what do you think about people choosing a fire deck like Scorch or Blacephalon for Players Cup 2? Is that a good choice in your opinion? And is the meta right for it? Um, I think the meta is in a decent place for it. A lot of people are really primed on Lucario Melmetal right now, I feel like. Um, it continues to do very, very well at online events. At least the ones I've paid attention to have had a really strong Lucario Memetal showing. Um, and even with weak guard energy, the fire decks can usually give Lucario Memetal runs for its money, especially if they play something like a Giratina to remove it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely a major pro of the fire decks. Um, I, I struggle to play them myself because... I think there's a couple of key flaws. Um, so if you're in a best of three, for example, it's really hard to get going second. Especially, so this mostly applies to Sandy Scorch. Um, Sandy Scorch really, really thrives going second, and certainly it can mm. win going first. Um, but I think maybe more than any other deck in the format, it wants to go second. Um, mm-hmm. And so you already have it on the coin flip whether or not you get to go second, and then throughout the series, like it's even it gets like even lower odds of like you getting second overall. Um, right. So it just, that feels kind of awkward to me. Blacephalon, I don't really like playing in general because it's just a kind of inconsistent deck. Um, and I don't know, the matchup versus ADP is like maybe a little closer than a one prize deck should normally have, but it's still not one I feel great about. You know, if they, ult- sure. it's kind of the same as like any ADP matchup where if the ultimate rate you lose. Um, and sure. if it's an ADP that's playing Marnie, it's pretty easy for them to pull that off. Um, so I would say on the whole, like, I don't think fire decks are bad. I think they're, the Lucario Metal is like very real and Lucario Metal is like a deck that I'm really enjoying right now. I've been playing a lot of it on the ladder. Um, it's just every other matchup just feels kind of awkward to me. And even if the decks are strong, it's not something that I personally would want to play. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know that, yeah, I, I don't know that a fire deck would ever be something that I would go towards. Maybe Welder Mewtwo, I think, would be the f- furthest that I would. Uh, I have really liked the, and... uh, like the Welder Mewtwo with the Coco in it. Yeah. Uh, that's been super fun. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely is fun. Let's talk about that for a second. I've been messing around with the lightning variant of Mewtwo, and it's actually put up some pretty decent numbers. It got top five, or excuse me, top eight in, a, uh, in an online tournament over the last week. And so what do you think about the kind of lightning Mewtwo? Like, is that an actual play or is it kind of more of a meme? Like, can it supplant um, psychic-based Mewtwo as, or even, I guess, water-based Mewtwo? But I, I don't think I would ever consider water-based Mewtwo to be a tier one choice. But um, what do you think about lightning-based Mewtwo as opposed to psychic-based Mewtwo? Is there an argument to run one over the other? Um. You know, I think it really just depends on what you're expecting to see. I think Lightning Mewtwo 
where it thrives the most is it has a slight it's still an unfavorable matchup but it has i think in my opinion a slightly cleaner game plan against Eternatus mm-hmm. and the fact that you can swift run into a flare strike like that's that's huge yeah. um and yeah that's been my person i think that's been my personal favorite play is swift run um with that deck um that aside though like the Eternatus matchup still isn't great and that's something I've been seeing a lot of recently. I think Poison Eternatus has really, really grown in popularity over the last month or so. You know, going from like a fringe version of Eternatus into being the premier, most played version of Eternatus. I see it all the time on the ladder. Um, and I wouldn't really feel comfortable playing Mewtwo into a meta that would have, where I would play more than one Eternatus in a tournament. And I think that's very likely in the Players' Cup. Sure. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Eternatus. Um, would you say that Eternatus is a good play for the Players' Cup too? I personally think it is. I would actually trend more towards playing the non-poison version. I've always found that when I play the poison version, I tend to have um, more dead draw opportunities just because I'm playing less like consistent cards, right? You're playing evolutions, so you can't really get them out onto the field as quickly. Yeah. Um, they just get stuck in your deck and you know you have to draw them in a in the right order for them to even make a difference and i so and so not that it's bad it's certainly the poison variant um covers some weaknesses like you know hitting those high numbers against v maxes and like in the mirror and then also against something you give yourself a better shot against something like lucario melmetal that's going to you know try to rip away all your energy and then you know shut down how much damage you can do so there are some advantages to poison variant I'm just curious your thoughts, Riley, on um, Eternatus as a play for the Players' Cup 2. And if you think it's a good one, what would your list look like? I think it's a decent play. Um, the Lucario Mammetal is really the toughest matchup, I guess, and Beaver Cephalon are probably the two toughest matchups that I would foresee for Eternatus. Um, you know, it's got a decent <laughs> decent chance against ADP, um, especially the Poison variant's pretty good against any Scorch. Um, I think that's really the, the big selling point of the person poison variant in my mind is it can really just blow Santa Scorch out of the water. Um, sure. And it has that extra layer of being somewhat effective against Lucario Melmetal. It kind of just, I, it feels like the poison variant kind of just depends on how Lucario Melmetal draws more than anything. Um, sure. Like, do they draw them out on Lana's when they need them to <laughs> deal with the poison, um, mm. which isn't super easy to do granted. Um, Especially if you get like three toxic roads out and you're, you're yeah, cranking right, up that damage. Um, yeah. So I think I actually do like the poison variant just because of the extra flexibility. I think Lucario Metal is really popular right now. Stennis Scorch is really popular right now, um, almost as a result of Lucario Metal being popular. Um, and that's where the poison really shines. I do think right. the more straightforward version is better against ADP. I think it's better against uh, Picaron probably as well, except for the fact maybe play less switch so i would say like a straightforward version that plays like a heavier switch count would be better against picaron um sure so there i think there's you gotta weigh them both um i would probably play a poison variant if i was to play eternatus just because i want to have that layer of flexibility going into sure going to this kind of meta where it just feels like there's so much random stuff flying around that being said um i really wouldn't fault anyone either for going with a more straightforward version. I think the the Zigzagoons works very well. Picaram is also a really popular deck, and it's I think that's a cleaner variant to run against a more straightforward deck like Picaram. Sure, absolutely. Okay, good. So let's take a look at just kind of overall picture. We've talked a lot about the ins and outs, like the specifics of decks and why we would or wouldn't play them, and what version we would play. But let's say like, what are the top decks that you're really particularly looking to metagame for like give me top three or top five that you really either want to beat or just like kind of want to have on the radar as you're building your deck at least based on what i've seen around um, i think the top decks going into this event in terms of popularity are going to be poison eternatus seni scorch um and zashian base decks i'm kind of going to lump ADP and Lucario Melmetal, just for purposes of, like, explaining the meta. Um, I think, of the two, ADP is probably the one I would metagame for more. Um, mm-hmm. But, 
the meta is also kind of shaped around ADP, so maybe you've been in the game of Lugaro, not Metal Warrior, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. So those are like the big ones I'm looking at. I'm I'm kind of I'm in this weird state that you get in pre-tournament where I th- there's always the next deck in the line, right? And you always you're like, well, you know, I can take this deck and I lose to this deck, but I beat this deck, but you know, then I lose to this deck and blah blah blah. Like we've all we've all been that down that rabbit hole. JW, we talked. We talk all the time about how we're guilty of falling into it. Um, yeah. So what I think when I think of just those decks though, like the Sunny Scorch, the Poison Eternatus, and the Lucario Melmetal, I think Pikram is a really really good choice right now. The one thing that is really bothering me about Pikram <laughs> is um is all these X-Cadrill? weird excadrills, man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> It's like really bothering me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Ta- I mean it's about as close to an auto win as I think we have in this format right now. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're an Excadrill player and you're saying, "Hey, Eternatus," seeming like a pretty logical choice for a lot of players. Pikaram is gaining a lot of steam, particularly I would say in the you know upper echelon of of players. Like some of the better players I know are kind of going with Pikaram. And so, you look at those two decks being pretty big, and you say, "Hey, why not?" excadrill why not take this deck that just autos essentially yeah too yeah so, so then you fall into this weird situation where you kind of are hoping that the adps can clean up the excadrills for you if you're playing pikaram or that they draw really badly and you can like take advantage of that yeah because um, right. cer- certainly that that's possible i guess but excadrill has just so much item support in the deck um mm-hmm. So that's been that's been making me really uncomfy. That's really the only thing that's stopping me from just slamming the Pikaram and calling it a day. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, I played Pikaram for over forty of my keys in the cup. I played it uh, yeah. for another like another fifteen hundred ladder points after that. So like Well that and that is one of the things about Pikaram is like it was supposed to not have that weakness factor like nothing was really supposed to be able to one shot the pikaram or the raichu raichu and so you're supposed to be able to win a lot of these matchups where like one of those guys took a hit at some point you know you let your opponent get down to like two or three prize cards left or one prize card left and then you stamp them and you go in with raichu and then if they can't have a response then you know you just kind of figure out a way to win but now with the excadrill being a player because it has performed it has done you know, well compared to how many people are playing it, um, you know, now you got to think a little bit harder about whether or not that's a good play. Yeah, so that's been stressing me out, um, and I, I don't really have like a solution to that problem besides hoping that you don't hit Excadrill. Um, yeah. Other than Pikaram, I think the other main deck that I'm looking at is Lucario Melmetal, probably with the inclusion of weakness cards. Just be- I don't like weakness card energy, but uh, I think the meta has kind of formulated itself where. Um, I think Senna Scorch is super winnable with Weakness Guard if they don't play Giratina. Um, yeah. So you just I have to make that concession just because the amount of Senna Scorches I've been seeing lately, it's been mm-hmm. unreal. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I feel like I'm hitting Senna Scorch every other game. Yeah, it feels very high, like unusually high. I think there were peaks where Senna Scorch was particularly prominent, and I think it's past that peak, you know, in... in uh, the past month or two, there have certainly been like ebbs and flows of Santa Scorch, but this definitely feels like some of the strongest fire presence that there's been. Yeah, so that's that's what's bothering me about Lucario Mount Metal because I don't want to play those crappy weakness guard energies, but I almost feel obligated to. Um, I think those are probably the two decks that I would realistically play. Um, I might mm-hmm. whip up something last minute, but current state, Wednesday night, those are the two decks that I would even consider playing. Uh, Pikaram and Luke Metal. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good. And, I mean, yeah. that lines up exactly with my Players Cup keys too. <laughs> so. Well, and I think you look at it, and and it would be something that I also like if I were playing the Players Cup too. Like I would also be looking at those two decks just because they take a more long form approach to the game that many other decks don't have. You know, ADP wants to just end the game as quick as possible. Eternatus is just doing as much damage for as little investment as possible. Senta Scorch, I mean, I guess that's a deck where you're kind of building up over time. Um, but but there are those game plans where, like, when you win, you're generally just kind of blowing out the opponent yeah. because you have this massive beast on the field that they just can't handle and you're one-shotting things. Um, so there are a lot of these decks that are just go fast, go fast, go fast. Pikaram and Lucario Melmetal in particular are ones that 
aim to slow the game down. So it's it's pretty natural that I think you and I'm sure a lot of other players are looking into it just because you're going to have more time to execute a game plan. Yeah, so we'll see if uh, Maho and Zeely and I can cook up something special, but um, that's really <laughs> what's on the menu for me right now. <laughs> are you guys going to do some testing here in the next couple of days? Oh, certainly we'll at least be talking about what we've been playing and what we've liked and disliked and um, yeah, I imagine we'll probably get some games on Discord um, in right. like the next day or so. So what's the what's the um, day going to look like? It starts on Saturday, right? Yeah, it starts Saturday morning. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I got my nice little setup here, and I'm gonna probably bake some cookies and chill and, and play <laughs> play some Pikram, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go, and it's uh, double O limb, so you know you could be out after what a couple hours, right? Who knows? I hope not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's is it's best of three. I I think so. I, I guess I'd have okay. to double check the email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll all be rooting rooting for you, Riley. Of course. No, thank you. Thank so, so good. I think that was a great overview of kind of Players Cup Two. Obviously, if you guys have more questions, there's still time to ask us. You know, you can you can tweet at Tag Team Pokemon over on Twitter, um, or send us DMs or anything like that. We are always open and receptive to those questions. So now let's move into card of the week. I have been researching cards this week for my latest TikTok about shiny Pokemon in the oh. Pokemon TCG. This is going to be good. And well, it's not going to be particularly that, oh. that like That's that like... impressive, but it is <laughs> uh, a card of interest that I think is really I, I don't know. To me, it's it's kind of interesting and funny in a way, but. Um, there were shining cards that were revealed in the Neo series and mm-hmm. in Neo Discovery, which was the second expansion of the Neo block. Uh, they introduced like eight shiny Pokemon. It was like uh, Charizard, Noctowl, um, you know, uh, Steelix, Tyranitar, those ones that you think they're like very dark looking yeah. Pokemon. And they have the, you know, shining. Um, aura about them anyway and they say shining you know noctile shining mm-hmm. charizard shining etc so my card is part of that block and it is a card that it, it's just interesting because the shinings back then like they didn't quite have color schemes figured out <laughs> no, for shining didn't. pokemon so though it wasn't like they had a, a kind of homogenous way of dictating what colors a shiny pokemon would be or they didn't have every single pokemon mapped out and so the card that i am highlighting this week is a shining that you know has changed since the card has been released so shining raichu from that neo destiny set is just a different color now as a shiny that it was back then and so i just think that's really interesting how you know (laughs) this this huge company kind of you know just did this thing where it was like, oh, we're going to put out this product, but we don't actually, you know, we're going to modify it later. Um, (laughs) You know, and it seems like a color scheme would be very simple to just decide and not really have to go back and and modify things. But in any case, the Shining Raichu from Neo Destiny and current Shining Raichu are... uh, are different colors and i thought that was interesting so what color was shiny raichu in like the gold silver era when it came out um it was kind of like this uh i don't know how would you like a bluish type oh really and it's like more of a yellow now right yeah yeah it's kind of an orangey yeah orangey type so yeah i don't know just just interesting something <laughs> interesting that i found when i was <laughs> that is looking through cool. all the all the cards that is really cool well, thanks for sharing yeah, I, I love the shiny cards, man. I, I like integrating that kind of stuff into the TCG. Well, they're great. And I think that's a great segue into the next yeah. set of topics. We have a bunch of new cards being released in the Shiny Star V set. These were announced over the last week. It's going to be a set that, for English, that's already, well, it's already been released in Japan. Somebody can correct me on that. But it's going to be released in English between our fourth and fifth uh, set of this block and scheduled for February 19th shiny star V again is, is the name, but it could be called something else uh, possibly tying into 
the 25th anniversary of Pokemon cards. Uh, it's supposed to be a set that's bigger than Hidden Fates. So Hidden Fates was somewhere around 70, 72 cards, I think. And then yeah. this set is supposed to be 122 cards. So, you know, almost a 50% or almost 100% increase there in just the amount of cards that we're going to see in this set. So collectors are uh, probably just like screaming inside because <laughs> <laughs> it's just so many more cards that they're going to need to get. Yeah, no But we're going to see a bunch of, you know, a bunch of reprints. The most notable that we've seen so far are Lapras VMAX as a shiny and Charizard VMAX as a shiny, uh, which is a really cool card. Just that black Charizard that looks really menacing. And it has a <laughs> hollow kind of rainbow background. I just think the card looks super slick. Probably the best Charizard that uh, that we've seen yet. And a bunch of other shiny Those are fighting words for sure. Hey, what? Those are fighting words for the Charizard community. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People have been hating on the Charizard V. And the VMAX, but I I think they look pretty good, man. I feel like they can compete with some of the other ones, with most of the other ones. Yeah, well, continue, though, continue. Um, there's a couple other cards. So we have confirmed Rotom. Rotom has an ability that lets it search out other item cards that have Rotom in the name. So we were talking about this before the podcast, but in the standard format, if you play a Rotom, you can search out Rotom Phone or Rotom Bike. And then in the expanded format, you can search out Rotom decks. <laughs> I love that. I love that part. So very, just uh, very important to throw that out there. Uh, it actually <laughs> probably won't make any difference. But uh, there's also coughing that's been confirmed, and then a bunch of other cards that aren't necessarily shiny. Um, I mean, we have the amazing rares, so I don't, you know, shine. I don't know. They're they're just beautiful cards. I don't know. They're shiny, <laughs> they're just shiny cards. Cards. <laughs> you know, yeah, but they're not shiny Pokemon. Yeah. Um, but we also have Ditto V and Ditto V Max that are going to be in that set. And I, I think the Ditto V and the Ditto V Max are very competitively viable. The Ditto V oh, yeah. having an ability that allows it to change, like swap places with a V in the discard. So kind of that versatile card that we always kind of see Ditto having, mm -hmm. um, be able, being able to reuse Pokemon V from the discard. And then Ditto V Max for three colorless energy, you can copy one of your opponent's attacks. So seems like they'll be pretty viable and I'm excited for what they bring, you know, a new little element. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some kind of craziness that comes from like Ditto V preserving the turns in play and crazy yeah. plays that you can whip up from that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of the biggest cards in the set, though, that I think a lot of people are talking about that that a lot of people are a little bit nervous about me, me included in a way, um, <laughs> but our rusted sword and rusted shield. These are the Zashin and Zamazenta specific items. Rusted sword is probably the most concerning, giving an additional 30 damage 50, to Zashin. Sorry, isn't it 50? No, 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 it's 30. Are you sure? I'm like pretty positive. Okay, either way. Well, it uh, it does an additional thirty damage oh, to okay. the opponent's cool. active Pokemon. I don't know why I thought. And 15. then, <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe you're thinking you're confusing it with the shield. So shield gives that, that must be what it is. Oh no, actually, what you're confusing it with is the yell fan towel. That one heals fifty. I knew fifty definitely was in my mind from something, and I'm kind of upset that it's the fan towel. <laughs> so yeah, so rusted sword is plus thirty damage. Fan towel is healing fifty from both actives, sure. and then rusted shield is an seventy HP. Plus 70 I do know HP that one. To Zamazenta, so people are concerned about rusted sword just because of the potential that you have for zashin to do 320 damage um and and potentially more right so like you have all the damage modifiers of you know you have your base damage 230 you got the rusted sword that's plus 30 you got ADP plus 30 so you're at 290 yep you got leon um you know if you're behind in prizes you could go well you know surge leon leon so you could do potentially plus i mean i what, guess 60 yeah, there I guess. <laughs> and then and then, you know, zigzagoon pings and, you know, et cetera. There are a few other ways that you can modify damage outputs. But the fact that a basic Pokemon that has two ways to accelerate energy to itself, like it has the ability and it also has Metal Saucer, 
And then the fact that you give it the potential, you give it this like very specific to that card uh, damage buff, even though it already has a bunch of other damage buffs, uh, is a little bit concerning. It's really interesting. I, I'm surprised that they uh, did that. It just seems kind of unnecessary in my opinion. Probably yeah, is not... What's that? Go ahead. It's probably not going to be as big of a deal as some people are making it out to be, but it still is like a very like head-scratching trend for them to just kind of keep putting these out, particularly in a metagame that has ADP. I think if we didn't have ADP and it was just the uh, Sword and Shield block like exclusively, then I think this card still doesn't make a lot of sense, but makes a little more sense in the fact that it is it is pretty hard to get up to those really high numbers to one-shot VMAXs, but honestly, like 320 is not crazy difficult and like honestly 290 if you just have the um you know if you just have the item and then have like the adp damage buff you can get those extra three four five uh damage counters by you know zigzagoon pings and uh poison damage you know if you want to go that route so i guess <laughs> I, I mean well the i'm just saying like the fact that it's available to us is the fact that we're even kind of like considering if yeah. that's possible is just um concerning yeah, yeah, I guess my take on Rusted Sword <laughs> outside of meta is I think yeah. I think Pokemon is trying to print like another Zacian V and another Zamazenta V like yeah. completely disparate from anything meta. I think they want to print like the base version of the dogs and this is like meant to be used with them. Um, yeah. That all aside though, um, I'm curious like what the actual like quantifiable impact uh, of rusted sword will be um because like yeah. people are talking about it in the context of doing these like crazy long combos and it's just like is that easier than just bossing it to 10a <laughs> like yeah yeah sure sure right. <laughs> it just of feels course. like you're clogging up your deck with like a lot of stuff um so i'm, yeah, I'm really that, that... curious like how it actually impacts the meta uh because to me right. it doesn't seem like i think the, the the places where i see it being the most practically applicable are koing mewtwo's and koing um adp is pika oh adp or i was thinking like pika i mean like next. we already have like tool scrapper for that too you know like yeah sure so i mean i guess it lets you can't write you um sure so i i'm just like really curious i i don't really have like a better explanation than the fact that i'm just curious how it'll actually I, pan out i i, mean, I certainly... think i think it won't be as insane as people are making out to be yeah. although it is still baffling to me that they are like printing a card to that buffs zashian of all yeah. cards you know like <laughs> I, I think at best you know it's it's probably just kind of signaling it the death of of the tag teams you know with the, with that the, and that's that's a little right bit they've of like a, given up balancing around the tag teams like, yeah exactly exactly um, and then, yeah, and then at worst, it's a return, like a, a de-escalation of the meta in the sense that, like, if people do find ways to very consistently get out, like, a 320 attack, like, potentially the death of VMAXs. I mean, that would be extreme, <laughs> absolutely extreme. But, I mean, hey, you never know what they're going to keep printing. Um, so just got to... Yeah, yeah. Kinda, I'm, I'm really like, that one. I'm really kind of nag on the card though. I I don't think the card is that big of a deal. <laughs> All right, <laughs> until, well, until we'll it, see. I mean, I will, I will be gladly proven wrong, and like yeah. there might also be other extraneous factors. Like you know, in a future set, there might be another card that really ties this all together. Um, sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to open up the uh, floor to some questions, but uh, while we're doing that, um, we have some amazing rares that we also should talk about that are going to be released in the Shiny Star V set. We've already gotten in Vivid Voltage, things like Jirachi and Raikou and Rayquaza, but there are still more to be printed. So mm -hmm. kind of proving that the amazing rares are not just, um, you know, a one set kind of thing that they will likely be a mechanic that we'll see. The new Prism Stars. Um, yeah, heading forward. And so we have Kyogre, Reshiram, and Eveltal. Kyogre, all these Pokemon, by the way, have, you know, ridiculous attack costs. But Kyogre can spread 80 damage to every uh, uh, one of your opponent's Pokemon. Reshiram does... Reshi, Reshiram? Reshiram. Reshiram. You wrote Reshiram. 
Firash <laughs> Chief Ram. I <laughs> I have the I have the Zekrom Reshi Ram card in my mind. Okay, so Reshi Ram uh, doing 270 damage, and then Evaltol doing an auto KO move. Although it does take five energy, including to power three up. different colored energy. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I don't know, Riley. What do you think about? these cards because i kind of have some pretty um i don't know i i have an opinion on the amazing rares and at least a hope in the amazing rares but um what are your thoughts about you know these new cards that are printed do they have any competitive viability uh and you know are you you know does this make you do these cards that are coming out make you more interested in like what they could do with amazing rares in the future yeah, and we were kind of talking about this before the cast. Um, I think there has to be something that they're planning to do to make these like more viable as opposed to just being like pretty collector cards. Because I think as it stands right now, getting three different colored energy plus usually like another one to fulfill an attack cost is a tall order. Um, that being said, if there is some way to fulfill these attacks, like they're they're amazing, like they're really good. Um, you know, Veltal obviously auto KOing. Uh, the Kyogre, the spread, that's an insane spread attack. Um, and the, honestly, I think the Reshiram is, might even be the best one of the bunch just because it has a cheap cost and it does so Relative. much damage. Yeah. It does yeah. so much damage. It's actually insane. Um, when I first, when I look at every Amazing Rare, the first thought is like, could we break this and expand it? Um, I've already seen some, like, goofy combos people are posting on Burbank with the uh, the purloin that copies attacks on a coin flip. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> so like, you just copy the Eveltal. <laughs> Which would be super funny. Um, That's amazing. You know, you need a Victini and a Glimwood Tangle or whatever, but like that would be yeah, really we funny. Have, we have Gaming Guru in the chat. They're saying ho EX. That would be another good one. So you could yeah. go ho and then flip a coin for Rebirth, and then you put three different energy on the bench, Ninja and then point. you can use like a Ninja Boy or something. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff that opens up and expanded with Amazing Rares. I yeah. have to think they're planning on doing something in Standard, like maybe... and not to steal like your idea but i think it would likely be in the form of like non-v support uh that would also like as just, ancillary effect you, benefit the amazing rares yeah can you just say that i had that idea just so we well have i record? kind of like implied it well um, you implied it but you need to say it specifically no nah, i'm cool i'm cool now <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I would agree. I think to me, the amazing rares and like the first set, I thought, okay, maybe these are just kind of collector's cards. Maybe these are just um, like filler cards or, or specifically for that collecting aspect of the set. But then as they're printing these new ones, I just can't help but feel that there's going to be some type of special energy or tool or, Something. you know, specific, you know, like you said, specific support for the amazing rares or non V Pokemon more than likely um, that will help them achieve their attacking goals. And I, I think this, it seems to me, and I could be completely wrong, but it seems to me that this is some sort of balancing mechanic that it hasn't been fully revealed to us yet. Um, particularly at Reshiram doing 270 damage. Like you said, that's just like an absurd amount. And then to have just kind of a recoil effect, like nothing too um, too bad, right? It's not it's not like, too, you know, it's not debilitating. It's to have that recoil. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, something like that, like if there was a, if there was a triple excel energy for a basic you know that d did three different types or something like that's kind of what feels like could be released in the future and this is just kind of a balancing mechanic for the game to take us back to these one prize pokemon i could be a thousand percent wrong and nothing comes out and these cards <laughs> are purely for collection standpoint as we've seen many other shinies in the past have these like ridiculous uh, attack costs but I don't know. That's just my hunch for these cards, particularly because a lot of the attacks feel like they could be viable as long as you can fulfill the energy cost. And like, that's the limiting factor. So I think there's going to be some kind of support for them. 
Yeah, and I do want to specifically say if there is support, it'll likely be in the form of like non-GXV support because Amazing Rares don't have a tag or anything. Um, and I, I think that's what you're already implying, but just I see there's some rumbling in chat. I think it would be in the form of non-GX and V support. And if they wanted to tailor it specifically to Amazing Rares, it could be something like you said, where it's like a triple energy, but it very specifically applies three different colors and like doesn't fulfill a colorless cost or something. Um, yeah like that could i think that would be like a way to specifically target the amazing rares yeah yeah absolutely so great well let's open it up to chat questions rally have you seen uh some chat questions that we want to yeah tonight yeah so john posted uh asking about how he can help his standing scorch deck in dealing with poison eternatus earlier today um and honestly i think that matchups is really really tough um there's not an immediate one-size-fits-all solution. You could potentially add big charms to try and just like offset the math a little bit. Um, but I don't know if that's really an effective solution to the problem. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. I think you're just taking a hard L there. I don't know that there's any type of tech, particularly one that would be like, oh, yes, I'll just slot something in like one or two cards. I think you're just taking a bad matchup there. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be particularly concerned. I mean, you just got to know going in if you're going to play a deck like Santa Scorch, like, okay, if I hit a bunch of Eternatus, like, it's not going to be a good day for me. Um, or if I hit a bunch of Poison Eternatus, it's not going to be a good day for me. But if I hit a lot of, you know, Lucario Melmetal, then I'm going to have a great day. And just kind of understanding those matchups and what you would like to see. I don't think yeah. right now that there's a ton. I don't think right now in particular that there's a ton of ways that we can tech our decks to, like, beat the other decks like i think a lot of the teching right now comes to like well do i want to play four crushing hammer and have like a 50 percent shot of hitting an energy on adp you know turn one like that to me feels like a lot of what teching is right now um so you know if you're worried about poison poison alternatives it might not be something that you can do to your deck but what deck you choose yeah agreed i also so. got shiny swadloon asking what pokemon would you like to see get the amazing rare treatment Ooh, that's a good question do you have anything in mind in particular i mean i'd like to see you know more pseudo legendary stage twos things like my favorite pokemon dragonite uh kingdra i'm sure would be a really cool amazing rare um i mean even something like they'll they'll probably if they do end up doing stage twos they'll probably do something like garchomp seems to be a very favorite stage two pokemon um yeah but yeah, any any of those kinds of um, pseudo legendaries, I would have, like to see. Have amazing rares all been legendaries so far? Is there been any non legendaries? I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't believe so. Hmm. But let's see. I I'm just struggling to think about all the ones from uh, from Vivid Voltage, but I I don't believe so. I think they've all been legends. Um, so if I if I try to restrict my answer to legends. Um, because there's all sorts of Pokemon that I think would be cool. Um, I I would love to see... Has there been a Xerneas yet? I think Xerneas would look amazing. Mm, yeah, no, they just have Evoltal. It's kind of weird. They're kind of like cherry-picking like from... They're not picking like a... Yeah, they're picking like one from... Legends. They're picking like one from every duo. Yeah. 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 See that. So uh, we have a question from Horshi here. It says, would you guys like to see an Ultra Ball or something similar to Ultra Ball be printed, or do you think it would be too broken in this meta? It says, I feel like adding more search might add some diversity to the meta and allow you to play some techs. What do you think about that one, Riley? I don't think they're going to make a reprint of Ultra Ball in the immediate future. I think they've kind of made that clear with the kinds of cards they are printing that they don't want Ultra Ball again, um, which is fair. I think Ultra Ball was an incredibly powerful card and i think we underestimated how powerful it was until it was gone um mm. i would like to see some extra search cards um i think the options for more generically searching your deck are kind of weak right now and i i guess that would have yeah. to manifest in like more niche or type specific support um i think there should be options for decks that aren't just great ball is what i'm saying because i think yeah i think calm is just <laughs> i don't like calm um, yeah and great ball it just is feels so bad so yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely got another question from 20 wild do you think we'll ever get a mewtwo mew tag team-esque 
card for V Pokemon. I mean, you have to imagine there will be some equivalent of like the Mew archetype um, in this block. I think they've done it in pretty much every single card block. They've had like a copycat Mew of some sort, um, at least since like Pokemon took over from Wizards. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely an archetype that they or a, or a style that they try to emulate every time that they can get the chance. And I mean, those kinds of things are very good for the skill of the game. You know, you look at being able to play all these different attackers and kind of change it up like Mewtwo, you know, again, the, the fact that we can play Mewtwo and Mew GX in three very distinct, I mean, maybe even four very distinct flavors is, is so cool and so good for like the health and playability of a card. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think for sure they'll probably print something um, in TBD, what that something is. Um, and they, it might not be a Mew card like they did Marshadow for the GXs. Sure. Um, yep. So that was kind of cool. Um, one last question here, and that is, what's the deck you're looking forward to building most from Vivid Voltage from Mass Dave? GW, thoughts? From Vivid Voltage? I mean, I'm looking forward. I really like uh, just Colossal as an idea. But what I love is taking a deck and like perfecting it. So that's what I really enjoy about deck building. I like making something new to be sure. And I've done that a lot in the past, but I really like honing a deck. And I think um, Colossal is that deck that is just, it's very obvious what Pokemon is trying to do. And like, <laughs> it should be very, um, it should be a generally easy thing to like put together but then to figure out and perfect, I think will be very difficult. And I want to be, you know, right there doing that and being kind of that that first voice for that archetype. Yeah, I uh, I kind of agree that Colossal seems like an obvious pick there. Um, one thing I really want to experiment with, and I don't know if this is really the true answer to your question, Mass Dave, but I'm really excited to get in the lab with um, Orbeetle GX. And to, like, mm -hmm. try and break that card. That card seems so fun to play with. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see, like, what's the what's the best way to mess with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be particularly interested in the expanded events. Because, you know, now that we've banned a couple of the most problematic cards, um, it should open up the expanded format. And that Orbeetle should be a great card for expanded to, uh, to mess around with, for sure. Yeah. So... Super excited for Vivid Voltage and, of course, for the Players' Cup. If you're playing in the Players' Cup this weekend, be sure to let us know how you do. You can tweet at us at Tag Team Pokemon, at Smiles with Riles, and at Real John Walter. And we want to hear how you do. Um, if Again, if you're wondering, we're really enjoying Lucario, Memodo, and Picaram right now. So those would be the top choice of the Tag Team Podcast. And with that, we will catch you next time. Yeah, One just, other thing. Yeah, go for it. We, uh, if, if you want to watch these uh, videos and you've been wondering where they've been on my YouTube channel, we've created a second tag team Pokemon YouTube channel. So that is where all of these VODs are going to go every single week. Um, yeah. So if you like listening, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, then you're not watching it. But if you're wondering, you know, if you want to watch it on the YouTube, so we've made a secondary YouTube channel for that. Awesome. Thanks, GW. So of be course. sure to check that out for updates every week. Leave a rate and review, and we will catch you next time. Peace. See ya.